0: Plus.
1: From weddings, to work functions, to weekends out on the town, it's always the right time to dress to impress. Step out in style this season with Indochino. They make high quality, custom fitted suits, shirts, and casual wear, all at a surprisingly affordable price. Each Indochino piece is made to your unique measurements and specifications, so you get a perfect fit every time. You can even customize every single detail of your suit, from the lapel of your jacket, all the way down to the hem finish of your pants. Creating a suit that fits you and your style has never been easier. And the best part is that Indochino suits start from just $4.29. Dress to impress this season with Indochino. Right now, get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using promo code IMPRESS at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com. Promo code IMPRESS.
3: This is an instant match reaction for Everton 1, Leicester City 1. Uh, the punches is a bit flying in the Zoom chat before we even started tonight. Rob V kicking off at me, uh, saying I'm fundamentally wrong about various things, but we won't get into that. Uh, Everton stay very much, <laughs> very much in the hunt for a, a top four place. A wonderful goal from James Rodriguez. Uh, setting them on the way seemingly, but uh, couldn't quite fend off the less depression in the second half and a mistake from Jordan Pickford. Uh, Lyndon, I'll come to you first, mate. Uh, we've got Lyndon Lloyd, Rob Vera, and Mark Mosey on the show. Um, but I don't know, one of those games, I think, where some people will see it as an opportunity missed, others will see it as a, a bit of a point gained. Uh, where are you? Which side of the fence are you on at this point?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's opportunity missed for me. Not only the fact that we took the lead, um, results have obviously gone our way. Uh, elsewhere tonight and this week um yeah I just feel that if you're if you're seeding two-thirds of the ball to the opposition on your own ground um and it's, it's just it was just disappointing um but it's it's been the playbook for the last few weeks you know we get ahead and then we we look to contain uh, it worked at Leicester it's worked at Sheffield United it's worked in other matches at Wolves um and tonight you just you just came up against a team that's um I think overall, I mean, you said it beforehand. They're 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 a better team in terms of just being a more complete outfit. I think, um, and they certainly had a bit more confidence in their ability tonight than I think we did, and um, so yeah. I mean, it's it's just opportunity missed because you get ahead and all of a sudden you can start seeing back into the top four and starting to think about what's um you know what's possible going on from here. So, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a point that we haven't we haven't dropped. Points to Leicester, which I think is important because I think they're going to be the like uh, one of our main rivals up there at the top if we're going to try and get into the top four. So that's a positive, but it's just disappointing. We just didn't give a full account of ourselves.
3: Yeah, uh, Mark, I'll come to you first. Next, I think Rob very much agrees with Lind, and I'll let him follow on. Uh, <laughs> where where are you on that one? Because I I think if someone had done me a point before the game tonight, I probably would have been happy with it.
4: Um. Probably probably not quite to that extent. Uh, I, I, don't get me wrong, I, I've come away disappointed from, from the game, but it, it's purely because of the hype that was Everton going into this game. Uh, I think most Evertonians, in contrast to the last 30 years of their footballing fandom, were actually quite looking forward to this game uh, and quite optimistic about Everton going up against one of the better sides in the league. Uh, I think, obviously... Given recent form, we felt that this was this was probably a timely and appropriate test for a side that were on a really good run of form. Um, to go back to your original question, I, I see it as a point gained, um, primarily because of how complete I thought that Leicester looked tonight. I think if you asked Everton to go into an away game against a fellow Champions League contending side and we took away our best striker, which Jamie Vardy clearly is for them, then... I think the world falls apart and we probably struggle for for great length of the game. Leicester City are, are miles away from that and I, I'm not saying that Everton are in turn miles away from, from Leicester but I think there's a, there's a bit more of a refined end product about them at the moment. Um, it, it's probably greater than the sum of their parts. I think if you look at the individual pieces of both squads, I think Everton can very much hold their own in terms of the individual ability that we've got but there seems a lot more, maybe togetherness isn't the best word, but the the whole general idea of the squad and and the the fit of the style of play is very much there for Leicester. It, it still feels a little bit, and I appreciate that this is on the back of a, a semi-negative result for Everton, but it still feels as though we are trying to find our way in terms of mainly formation. Uh, I, Tonight was a bit of a throwback to the times where Ancelotti plays four formations in 90 minutes. And I think most of us have realised over the last few games that we're, we're quite ready to, to move away from that and become more of a stable outfit. And I think Leicester, for the vast majority of tonight, looked like that. Um, that said, I, I know that everything will be pointed towards the fact that Everton were, were on the back foot for large periods of the game tonight. I don't really see that as a major problem. Uh, as much as you don't want that to be your MO in Premier League games, I think if you are comfortable absorbing pressure, that is fine. Um, but there does come a point, and in particular round about the hour mark today, where everyone needs that little bit of a breather. Everyone needs a bit of an outlet ball just to give your side even 60 seconds of a break. Because ultimately, if you invite wave after wave of pressure, bad things will happen. Um, The frustration coming out of the game tonight is the fact that the goal wasn't necessarily on the back of relentless good opportunities. It was an individual error. Um, So that makes it a frustrating one. But I think on the balance of of the season and on the
3: balance of the 90 minutes tonight, I think a, a point is a good result for Everton. Rob, um, hopefully you've calmed down after your angry rant at me in the, uh, in the, the pre-Zoom uh, conversation. I'm joking, of course. It's never personal, is it, mate? But um, what are your initial thoughts on that? I,
5: I, I, I think that you can have nuanced thoughts on this. Uh, I do think that in the grand scheme of the season, especially as Lyndon pointed out with the results going our way today, um, and and generally speaking, this notion that if if we get four points out of these two games in hand, you know, that puts us in a really good position. Um, but I also I, I I think sometimes there's this beauty contest that occurs within matches where, at the end, some, you know, whoever's doing commentary in the game will say, well, you know, based on this, the, the aesthetics of what I've just seen, you know, uh, this team should feel lucky to have this point or this team should, you know, feel hard done by to, to only get a draw or to lose the game or what have you. But I and I do understand that I, I do think that that uh, Lester for long periods, especially uh, maddeningly so at the beginning of the second half had a lot of possession. They had a lot of, um, you know, just kind of general control and our inability to kind of keep the ball for any period of time was, was getting frustrating, but we were still up one nil and at the end of the day, um, you know, and, and, and I can't help, but maybe do a slight comparison to the corresponding fixture at the King power in December, but, you know, today Lester had 65% possession. Uh, when we were away at, at theirs, it was 61 to 39. Um, you know, they had, uh, you know, in that game, they had uh, two shots on target, and but 14 shots. So they had a lot of shots. In this game, they had five shots on target and 18 total shots. So a bit of an uptick, but you know we go from talking about how that 2-0 result which by the way included goals in that game that we scored uh, in the 21st minute and the 72nd minute which is not too dissimilar from the scenario that looked like it could unfold today where we score an early goal we get up early and then you know late later in the game we're able to press and get a second goal it's sad that it took the equalizer to get us to maybe playing a little bit more but at the end of the day, the goal we gave up was a completely preventable goal. And the other difference last time is that Robin Olsen was in in net. And I don't want to make all of this about Jordan Pickford because the absences of guys like Allen and, and DeCore were certainly felt today. But I don't know that I can look at Andre Gomes and the way he played, which I thought was actually really pretty good today, uh, or even fault Tom Davis to oh, a large my degree. My word. What was that? Off that chance at the end, which he missed. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it bounced right off his chest. And but 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 before that, Calvert Lewin and Richarlison both should probably be scoring on those opportunities that they had. I mean, we we talked uh, at length, Matt, about the fact that this was a team that was susceptible to set pieces, and we, frankly, we just didn't generate enough pressure to get those set enough of those set pieces. And I'm convinced that if we'd had more of those earlier on, that maybe we're talking about a different result. Having said all of those things, um, at the end of the day, we're still talking about the fact that the reason that this game is a draw is I still think largely because we allowed uh, our, our keeper allowed a really soft goal at a really crucial time, and I give him credit for going a pretty decent stretch without one of these moments, but. Once again, there's always this feeling that that we're just uh, around the corner with a moment like this from Pickford, and, and it's not all his fault that we lost today. We needed to play better. We certainly could have played better, but at the end of the day, when you look at the result, you look at the basic evenness in terms of possession, shots, etc., this game was not that dissimilar, at least in terms of the ultimate statistical makeup of the last game, and we called that. A lot of people call that our best performance of the season. I thought our defense played well today. I, I, I think that um, I, I think that the problem was just an inability to retain possession, and obviously giving up that goal, um, you know, with with a crucial mistake at the worst possible time. But Calvert Lewin and Richarlison had chances to win this game. Um, all those things being said, we're still potentially on track for four games out of two games in hand that we have. And I I do think that I do think that that we're still given the results around the league, still in a pretty good position, but it's frustrating because I, I I think that the last thing I'll say on that is that a lot of people say, well, you'd snap your hand off for a draw. Well, maybe if they'd scored a really quality goal and maybe given the midfield issues, you could say that, but when you actually look at this game, we should be winning this 1-0 or we should be winning this 2-0, not drawing 1-1. And, and I, mean, I know that they may have had a lot of possession, but that doesn't necessarily persuade me otherwise, and that's just how I feel. I
3: and mean, I think that the, one of the most frustrating things Lyndon is that that goal which how really, gets scored isn't the winning goal in the game because yeah. you know sort of like visions of half time just coming on here and just talking about that goal for the entire 20 minutes or half an hour that we do this podcast for and you know just because Everton didn't, weren't quite on it in the second half and you know, weren't able to hold on to the win I think it, it shouldn't go under the radar but just a, a magnificent bit of play and I think there's, there's a lot of accusations over it of Robin than you guys at the same college team about really slack defender from Leicester in that. But I think if you're a defender and you've got James Rodriguez on his right foot, you're thinking, I'm fine, yeah, this is where I want him to drop the ball, you know, he's gonna do it anywhere. And for him to produce that, I think it's just a measure of the quality that he is as a footballer.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just shows you if you just give him that little bit of space, and it doesn't matter which which foot it's on, you know, he'll he'll engineer the space and just um and, and put in the top corner, which I which I was hoping he was gonna do on his left there in the second half. That, that one went wide. But yeah, I mean he's um I mean he he is the potentially the difference maker in that match, you know, without Pickford's error. Um and it, again, it just it just shows you why he's why why he's so important to us, because for, for half an hour we were barely in the game. And then just out of nothing, which I think the only Shot on target we had in the first half. Um, you know, he puts us a, he puts us one up and, and in a really really good position to go on and win the game. Um, so yeah, it's just um, it's just it's just it's just disappointing because you know we 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 looked at times we were, we looked more positive. Um, there was much less in the first half anyway of the of this this backwards play that we've been you know so so uh, prone to recently. Um, ben Godfrey's getting more familiar with being a left back than a centre back, and he was looking forward much more than, than back. He looks much more comfortable there. Um, I, I'm less comfortable with Mason Holgate on the other side. I think he gives the he gives the ball away too much. Um, but um, yeah, I mean overall, I just thought in the second half we just weren't winning our um, weren't winning our battle battles as much, and. The, fi- the final thing that I wanted for Ancelotti was I wanted the change earlier. I wanted woby on earlier. Now, maybe he's not particularly, like, match ready, and that's why he didn't start. But I felt that, you know, 70 minutes, particularly after you've conceded the goal, put him on and, and get back on the front foot quickly. And, and it's it's the 80th minute when he comes on, and he immediately makes the kind of difference that you thought he would. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, it's just so annoying.
4: <laughs> yeah. I the, the, the first... The interesting thing about the Awobi sub for me was that if if Leicester didn't score that goal, that change probably wouldn't have come for another 15 or 20 minutes because the, the, the problem with the way that we, we were playing and the way that we set up was that it, it's fine when you are able to absorb the pressure and, and potentially have in the back of your mind that from 80 minutes onwards, we are going to change slightly. We are going to counter a little bit more. We're going to try and finish the game off akin to the game at the king power that we've all referenced, but the, the problem comes when you kind of you buy into that style of game and you buy into what this 90 minutes is going to look like. And then it doesn't go that way. And at, at the point where Leicester score, because of the the manner in which Everton were, were happy to play at the time, all of the momentum is gone. And and to try and transition your game from not necessarily let's hold on, but let, let's let manage this game in a defensive manner, which we're comfortable with. To then try and change totally to let's go and nick one in the last 20 minutes, it's incredibly difficult. Everton have to engage in two totally different game plans in one half of football, whereas a very capable Leicester side just carry on doing what they're doing. Uh, and, and whilst Everton are trying to figure this out and trying to figure out what's a good result for us and do we go for it or do we hold back, and all the momentum that we had defensively is gone. In the meantime, they're just coming coming at us time and time again. And I think that's, the,
3: that's to- the, the big do. I, I sort of thought that that happened to them when they scored as well. They were sort of like, right, we're well, level now. Do, do we go for the win? It sort of felt like, because after their, after their goal, you know, they didn't really threaten much. And in the last 10, 15 minutes, we were the, the better yeah. side creating more chances. And in years gone by, you can exactly picture that
4: situation where Everton lose a goal on 70 and then get battered for the next 20 minutes and we come out thinking, well, we've managed to cling on to a point or we've lost two or three-one. And I suppose the the kind of more physical nature of the defence lends positively for us, I think, in that sense. I think we, we look like scoring a goal against us is a lot more difficult these days, uh, whether that's on an individual basis or primarily down to, to the tactics and, and the manager who implements them. But I think the, the other frustration with the, the manner in which we were, we were setting the game up in the second half was that you kind of saw what uh, James Rodriguez was going to be at his best for Everton. And, and what I wanted to see if that goal wasn't to go in, was on 17, 75 minutes. If there's if there's someone you want picking that ball up after it's cleared from the 18-yard box and feeding Richarlison out wide or finding that key pass to to Calvert-Lewin, he is the one who unlocks that game to make it from 1-0 to 2-0 and, and just totally finish it off. His intelligence in possession, um, the, the particular time I'm thinking of was down towards the, the Bullens Road where he kind of twisted and turned a couple of times and found a really good forward pass inside and getting the ball off him is impossible and that, that's exactly what you want in those situations. Um, regarding the two chances he had I think as Lyndon said the the one on his left foot at the Gladys Street was a far better chance um, at, at the point where for his goal at the point where the ball was cleared to him on the edge of the box uh, I felt a ping of excitement and then Kind of sat back as I realised it was on his right foot, and, and nothing great was going to really materialise here. <laughs> the next thing I was screaming around the house, but that—that that is that is the magic of the man. Um, It's—it's—it's it's ultimately, as you said, Matt, what we should be talking about. In the, this is a, a tight contest in two relatively evenly matched teams, where one guy is just better than the rest. Uh, it, it's a massive shame that we that we can't talk about him in that regard tonight, but. Yeah, I think it was just it, it was just a game that it really, really you don't you don't want it to be about an individual error. But as much as you try and take everything away from it, that moment totally unpicks Everton's game plan. Um, and I don't know how much of an inquest is going to go on into Jordan Pickford now because I personally am quite content with where I sit on this, but. I'm actually bored of having the debate. And I think at, at, at the point where you are tired of talking about how bad a goalkeeper is, he by default just becomes bad. You you can't consistently keep talking about such a key position. And especially when the kind of elephant in the room that is growing with every, every time you see him, every time I see Robin Olsen, I don't really think about the goalkeeping position. Mm-hmm. And I am not talking about now the fact that Robin Olsen is the answer to all of Everton's goalkeeping problems, but I'm just ready for the goalkeeper not to be a problem. I feel quite content when he's there. If if you showed me that shot 10 times in a row now, I'd fancy Robin Olsen every single time to save it. And if Jordan Pickford was in goal for that shot again, I'd, I'd be equally concerned as I was when the ball was going towards the goal tonight. I'm I'm a fan miles away from that stadium. I mean, how do, how do Everton's defenders feel when a shot goes in like that? And yeah. it yet again, spurns off the gloves and in off the post and Pickford gives a petulant tap on the floor. Like, I can't believe that happened. Well, we, we all can believe it happened because we've seen it quite a few times now. And I think collectively, we're all just ready for that not to be a thing at Everton anymore.
5: Hmm. Con- context matters, Matt, too. I think that it's a different discussion if we're talking about a soft goal given up when you're up by a goal, you know, two goals or something like that. And the, it, it doesn't ultimately affect the the bottom line outcome. Um, but to Mark's point, you, you almost in analyzing a game like this, um, you can pick a lot of points. Like I, I can say, uh, Linda makes a good point about the fact that I think Carlo Ancelotti should probably make a substitution to stem some of that tide a little earlier than he did. Rochalison and Calvert Lewin have to finish chances that they've got. Richarlison in general, uh, just still seems to cut a pretty frustrated figure uh, from an attacking standpoint. Um, you know, we need to be better in possession. All those things are true. There are limitations with not being able to bring a recognized striker off the bench. There are limitations from the fact that you got two key players missing. But at the but when you but as much as you can choose to focus on all of those things, the reality is, to Mark's exact point, that we're talking about the moment that undid what still was shaping up to be a really pretty solid result because I've, I've got to admit the way the defense has been playing, they are not the ones that really concern me. I'm not sitting on pins and needles worried that someone in the back four is going to make some crucial mistake because let's be honest, guys, they've been, the, the back four has been pretty sound. Um, it, it is, it is, it is, almost because Jordan Pickford has gone a long period of time without having one of those that makes this hurt even more just because it's sort of that reminder that people don't always change. Uh, I, I think sometimes we think that you know, if you're if you're if you've got a partner and they uh, had made a bunch of mistakes, but they promise they're going to be different, and they're different for a while, and you keep you start to believe in it, and you want to believe in it, but ultimately they end up reverting back to the mean. They revert back to who they are, and I don't I don't ascribe any personal vendetta or personal issue against Jordan Pickford for this, but for whatever reason, he's got the yips, he's got that mistake in him. It's just part of his DNA. And it's not about getting rid of him. I don't think that you can argue on form that this is a question of, well, Pickford just shouldn't be our number one for the rest of the season or anything like that. But to Mark's point in a very Joe Biden, boring sort of competent way when Olsen's in in net, I don't think about him for long stretches of time. And I just, I I keep coming back to that. I just want that feeling. It doesn't mean he wouldn't ever make a mistake Uh, at Roma. He apparently did, but all I've seen at Everton is him make the saves he's supposed to make. And I just I just think about that tonight to Mark's exact point. I think it's a great way of putting it. You have that exact same scenario and that same shot coming against Olsen and all of us believe he's making that save.
1: Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years, with a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear Gas prices? Do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again, Toyota hybrids. Find yours at Toyota.com. Toyota.
2: Let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, CY2000 through 2021 sales.
3: Yeah, to be honest, I did not expect uh, to come on here tonight and have Robin Olsen compared to Joe Biden. That is is not something I thought we'd be discussing at our time. Lyndon, where where do you sit on the goalkeeper? Because I think... Listen, I've been very critical of him on on these pods down the years, and I think ideally in the summer I'd be looking for Everton to go out and, and get a replacement. But in, in interest of balance, I think the last 10 games, maybe a bit more than that, he's put together a decent run. And I think there's been players in this squad like and um, you know, we've, we've all said should have come on earlier tonight, Michael Keane and others who've, you know, enjoyed stories of redemption, really. I think I think what what's going to be crucial of a pick for a now for me is if he plays on Saturday and he has a good game then and the game after that and all of a sudden you look at this and go well he's made one mistake in in 20 games or, or 25 games and not not two in 15 or or three in 20 I think if it's a blip over the course of the next 20 games and I think that, that that's fine and you know every goalkeeper sort of does that but I think it's it's important now that he puts it out of his mind and goes on another run like he's been on recently.
2: Yeah, I think that's the most important thing is, it? is, is it going to be a blip? Because his history will show, will tell you that it's, they tend to come in, in, in waves, you know. Um, he tends to just sort of lose his focus. And then, you know, there's three, four games in a row where he's done something. I mean, yeah, you're right. He has been good in the last few weeks. Um, a lot of that, I think, owes to our defensive solidity. He hasn't, he hasn't faced as much in recent weeks as, as he was before that when we were conceding goals all over the place. Um, but you know, it, it, we haven't mentioned it, but it was the corner that the goal was scored from was his error as well. You know, mm-hmm. he he lost track of where his post was and, and tipped a, a, a harmless cross behind um, to give Leicester the the corner. But I mean, I can't agree more with with Rob when he says he, with Robin Olsen there. It's just it's just a not it's not a factor. Um, you know, he's just. Um, He's he's a bigger goalkeeper, which is an advantage. And if you're Jordan Pickford, then yes, he's unsighted. Yes, the ball's wet; the conditions aren't great. But that is your fundamental bread and butter job: is to make those saves. And you have to compensate for a lack of size with greater, you know, awareness and focus, um, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I hate sort of focusing on on negative things and being personal about you know individual players, but. Um, if over the course of a season one keeps coming back and you know, the focus keeps coming back on, on that player, then ultimately it's up to the manager to eventually move him out of the focus, out of the firing line and get someone in who is more reliable. Um, so yeah, I don't think we make any rash moves to to ditch him now. Um, I like the fact that that we're seeing more of Robin Olsen. Um, I know people have will make the argument that it's it's the kind of position where you need consistency week to week to week I actually agree with that but um, I can also see that Ancelotti's trying to juggle two two number ones if you like and keep them both happy Um, but long term next season I think we need some resolution to this one way or the other Um, and maybe it's for the rest of the season Pickford you know makes makes the case that he's eradicating these things out of his system and he can be the one but time will tell.
4: I think in, in terms of taking someone out of the firing line for someone more reliable, as as you said then, Lyndon, that, that in my mind was the idea behind signing Robin Olsen in the summer. I think it it gets close to the point where if situations like tonight are going to happen and you've got someone like Robin Olsen on the bench, and again, I'm, I'm not advocating the fact that he is the answer in terms of Everton's goalkeeping worries going forward, but... If you're going to have someone like that at your club and we're going to see brief glimpses, and as you said, we're going to have this kind of almost shared number one position where they are semi interchangeable. If, if situations like tonight happen and Jordan Pickford doesn't come out with a certain lineup for the next couple of games at least, and Olsen isn't integrated in that sense, then doesn't it make the whole move that we've made in the summer a little bit irrelevant? That that would that would probably be my argument behind it, and that I don't, I'm not saying that for every individual error, someone has to be hooked, and and that's like until the replacement makes it an error of a, a similar magnitude that that's not how it happens. But unfortunately, there's so much frequency with these issues now with Pickford that there has to be a point where, not necessarily the, the the chopping head has to come down on him, but there has to be a. Uh, um, a shift of responsibility over to someone like Olsen and say, well, this little lad has had this chance. And th- the reason why we brought you into the team was that we were going to put this, not necessarily pressure, but we were going to add this element of competition. And when standards aren't being met, there will be someone there who is ready to take your position and put that pressure on you. And I just feel as though if, if we don't make big decisions like that, then the whole competitive element of having a really good high-level Premier League squad kind of goes out the window a little bit. Um, I would, I will always point back to the fact that we've seen this far too many times from Jordan Pickford. I'm almost ready for it to be Robin Olsen or anyone else at this stage because I know it's a really flipping point to make, but I genuinely don't think it can get much worse. Um, the, the level of anxiety that I feel when the ball is in, in particular in the air but generally in our 18-yard box and Jordan Pickford shows an interest in the ball, my fear is off the scale. Uh, and it, it can't be like that for us. It can't be like that for, for other footballers. And I think purely from a, from a club decision and a financial point of view going into, it's not going to be January now, but going into the summer, I, I can't see a situation where we don't find an equivalent goalkeeper or a higher quality goalkeeper for a quarter of the value that Jordan Pickford offers. I mean, we, we were talking about our Chelsea team sniffing around Jordan Pickford for 50 or 60 million pounds last summer. I mean, but the, the fact that that isn't even That's a story is bonkers. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think in terms, of, in terms of a value for money point of view in a position, and again, I'm not saying we have a fire sale of every player who's made an error this season, but going forward over the next three or four years there has to be a shift and I just can't see a situation whereby we look back in 2024 on a successful Everton side and say that Jordan Pickford was instrumental
3: in that. Uh, I I hope to God I'm wrong, but I just really don't think I am. Yeah. um, Just to finish off then, uh, try and be a little bit more positive uh, (laughs) when it comes to that. Uh, Down in seventh in the Premier League. This has been
5: your Jordan Pickford post-match show (laughs) here on the Blue Room.
3: Yeah, do uh, you know what, I, I, I hate talking about that lad, it just, it's, just, it's just one of those things, but, uh, but um, seventh in the table on 18 points, uh, sorry, on 18 games, not 18 points, but yeah, uh, 33 points, uh, Rob, I'll come to you on this one, mate, beat Newcastle on yes. Saturday, and we go to 36 points, that will put us on course to level our record Premier League points total um, ever, Um I think I think, I think I think what happens on Saturday now puts this game into, you know, we can sit here now and talk about how we feel about it and whether it's frustrating everything we think it's a point gain. But mm-hmm. I think if, if, if you win on Saturday against Newcastle, you go into the games over the next few weeks, all of a sudden you look at this Leicester game and think, yeah, just one of those matches you have to get through, get a point
5: and move on. A- absolutely. Look, even if we had won this game today 3-0, I, I think Newcastle is still equally important because it's just, it, it, it's not the same you know, theoretically sexy matchup, but it's worth the exact same number of points. Uh, And especially given the fact that we are in a position of having games in hand over those above us, uh, we've got to take advantage of the games that frankly we should win. Um, I I think that it's been part of what has been weird this season and part of what has uh, brought everyone back to the pack, if you will, have been games that big sides uh or you know just even good sides have you know have either lost or dropped points to sides that they really frankly shouldn't be uh you know it look look what happened uh, at the exact same time as this game today with uh sheffield united winning uh against uh, manchester united i mean i think that those are um you know those i don't think Carlos should have to 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 point too much to, the, to, to any particular result to, to give Everton a, a good enough warning about uh, how they can't take this weekend's game for granted, especially given the fact that we've already lost to Newcastle this season. So, um, yeah, the, the as much as we are sitting here focused on the, the angst that comes with an opportunity that has been lost – uh, we should again remind everyone that not all has been lost. Um, it was important for us. Uh, if you want to look at this in a glass is half full kind of way, given the the way in which Leicester uh, were kind of dominating possession, and given the way they were playing uh, for large parts of the second half, uh, you can absolutely beyond the let's if you want to put the goal the the. the quality of their goal aside for a minute. Uh, You can absolutely feel relieved to take a point out of this and look at the the bigger picture and say, we are absolutely right on track to be where we want to be by the end of the season with our current points total, with the fact that you're picking up a point in a situation where it was very easy to have picked up nothing at all. And so I think from that standpoint, uh, I look at Saturday and, and think that that there's a real opportunity here. I think what will be interesting uh, with Saturday is to see, obviously, if Olson maybe comes in, but but also, uh, do we continue with this Luca Dean that left wing kind of uh, you know uh, uh, experiment? Which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but I, I wonder if you you see maybe a more conventional setup uh, with with Dean back at left back with uh, Rasharlison and Iwobi. Flanking uh, and and maybe make a decision about either resting uh, Holgate or Godfrey or something like that. But but ultimately decisions have to be made. But I still think we're in a fantastic position. It hurts to not win today, but I, I still feel incredibly bullish about Everton's prospects.
3: Yeah, I think uh, when you mentioned the Newcastle away game, there uh, I literally sh- saw the shivers run down Linden's
2: spine. <laughs>
3: on the, on the power, uh, be nice to avenge that one, wouldn't it, mate?
2: <laughs> yeah, I just, I, when you look at the, how they've been playing recently, you think how on earth did we ever lose that game? You know, I can imagine, I can understand it, not winning it, because obviously the, the team that we played that day was, was well, it was just weird. But, you know, just to lose that game, you know, and I know that there was issues around how they got the penalty and all the rest of it. But, uh, yeah, the, as, as Rob says, it's in the context of where we want to be, this isn't the, uh, this isn't the end of the world. And we've got two very winnable games now. Newcastle and Leeds neither one of neither team's playing that well um and so yeah we should we should put hopefully put Newcastle to the we should put Newcastle to the sword on Saturday go to Leeds with confidence and um you know do and basically do what we've been doing away from home is you know is is, is to win winning games um and yeah we've got got two results to avenge coming up so yeah, if you know, if the picture completely changes if you win those two matches. We're back, um, we're back, uh, you know, up there. Let, let's pretend that our you know our games in hand are was it Aston Villa and City. Let's pretend the one. Let's pretend one is not Manchester City, and, <laughs> you know, and then and then we're right back up, you know, right back up in the mix. And as long as I think, the longer that we stay on the fringes or or actually in the top four, the more. Um, you know, the more exciting I think it's the end of the season is going to be, even though it's, we've, got a, it's, we've got some difficult run coming up. But, mm. um, you know, when, when the team's actually functioning, and I'm, it's not quite right now, um, you know, I don't know what's up with Richarlison, but nothing's coming, up for, coming off for him right now. But if you can get him firing again um, and get a bit more fluidity going forward, then I think, you know, we're a match for anyone when we're playing at our best. Um, tonight tonight just wasn't one of those those nights unfortunately
3: yeah final word to you Mo you' still feeling pretty optimistic about things in general
4: yeah absolutely i think it's it's pretty fair the the grouping of games that we've made tonight in terms of Leicester, newcastle and and the Leeds game coming up as well i think you, as a football fan you do look at little triplets of games like that and think well how many points can we get from this and I think if we were offered seven before tonight, you, you'd have absolutely bitten the handoff because Premier League football is is weird this year. Um, teams are not going on massive runs of form. We, we seem to be constantly on a weekend-by-weekend weekend basis talking about teams around us who've dropped points or, or potential shocks in the Premier League. And, and that is the nature of it at the moment. And it's a credit to teams like Leicester and Everton where some sides are able to put really sustained periods of, of unbeaten form or, or even victories together. And in fact, I think the fact that we've managed to do that in recent weeks is, is a massive plus going into the second half of the season. I think the, the challenge now is a similar one to what we referenced at the weekend in terms of when we had a relatively poor performance against Rotherham. The, the challenge was to pick yourselves up and, and have a point to prove at Molyneux and even to an extent against Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup at the weekend. And I think the, the positive aspect of Ancelotti's management so far has been when Everton have a bad result or a bad performance, it doesn't spiral out of control in the way that it has done under previous regimens. I think if this was to happen under Martinez or Silver or, or countless others, to, to name but a couple of them, there's a sustained element of fear that follows a bad performance like, like tonight. And, I appreciate that it's not necessarily as bad as we're making it sound here because we've got a good point against a good side tonight. But I think the challenge now is to go and really impose yourself on a frail Newcastle side and potentially even do that against a relatively frail Leeds side as well at the moment. And who knows after tonight, even go to Old Trafford and put them to the sword as well after a a poor result. But I think that big questions have to be asked after performances like this. And... It's a test of character. What, what I see now in Everton's players, and in particular in the manager, is a lot of big and powerful positive characters. And I think the the test of the next two games is, is to prove that they can transform that element of their persona onto
3: the football pitch as well. Yeah, just one player I should actually mention before we wrap up, Ben Godfrey. Summed that up tonight. I thought <laughs> <laughs> he was outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. I think he's probably in the top five left-backs in the league, and it's probably his third best position. Yeah, <laughs> he's, play, he's playing so well there at the moment. Uh, the only thing I watch Everton nowadays is to see his random burst
4: sprints forward at, at just <laughs> strange times of the game when it, it's a relatively tight one all and he decides that the opposition corner flag like, must be
3: touched. I'm, I'm not sure where it comes from, but all credit to him. Yeah, he is wonderful in full flight, isn't he? Uh, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Ed Lyndon, uh, how's your post-match report coming on? Have we interrupted it again
2: by getting you on today? yeah we went straight from kickoff so i'll um i'll let it marinate and uh get it <laughs> open in a couple of hours <laughs> there we go make sure you go over to toffee web and
3: check that out uh, rob mark are you writing anything after that game or are you being lazy
5: oh, i'm going i'm going to drink after this so <laughs> I'm glad you guys uh yeah no I, uh, I just as a shameless plug mark and i are going to be doing kickabout tomorrow so i'm sure we'll talk more about this game and uh you know don't worry guys for those of you who are really concerned we, i'm sure we will devote some some quality time to yarima uh oh are oh, you going
3: to say wil well, yeah
5: yeah <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. there there are a couple of days left in the window no um i was going to say matt uh if you can find me video of that 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 moment that i missed in the first half that you were soliciting i let i've got to see this i unfortunately had to miss i could only keep one eye on the the game in the first half and the part of the first half so i must have missed that so this um, is the um, Yerry Mina run up to the free kick he took at the end of the first half.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Rob didn't <laughs> do it, unfortunately. So, yeah, so no one wanna on film it. We'll no one
5: kick. is more unafraid of wackiness on the pitch than Yerry Mina, and I'm I'm here for it. So I I I look forward to watching oh, that. I think
3: it's truly magnificent. It's better than Hamez's goal, honest to God. Uh, uh, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Cheers <laughs> to Lindsay and Rob and Mark, that has been your post-match reaction. Uh, if you enjoyed that and you want to hear more from us, why not come over to Patreon on The Blue Room Extra. We do multiple evidence shows every single week there. You're building up to and analysing all of our football matches. I mean, loads of football matches on at the moment. It's a great time to get involved. So that's patreon.com slash The Blue Room Extra. If you want to hear more from us, get over to Toppy Web and read Lyndon's stuff as well. Always fantastic. Uh, instant match reaction, they're always great reports as well. And yeah, listen to the kicker balls as well tomorrow with Moe's, Rob, and Wilfred Zahar. Try and get them on. I'm sure he'll, have, <laughs> I'm sure he'll enjoy himself loads. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for watching, and we'll speak to you soon.
5: At Bakers, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh from homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out
0: some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local bakers bakers fresh for everyone when you're a boost member you get free delivery double field points and lots more sign up at bakersplus.com boost sports social podcast network it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper